marks the 20th anniversary of the passing of the notorious B.I.G. That doesn't have anything to do with soccer, but he's my favorite rapper of all time, so we had to talk about that. It's been 20 years, but his legend never dies, his music never dies. And something else that doesn't ever seem to want to die is this winter, which we'll soon find out this, this weekend when we get frigid conditions all over MLS. This is the SBI Show. Hello, everybody. I'm Ivan Scalar said, and yes, folks, it is going to be cold. Chances are, if you're an MLS fan, and chances are, if you're listening to this show, and you are going to an MLS game this weekend, you're probably going to freeze your butt off. Uh, it's just that's just how it is. Uh, the winter does not want to go quietly, and it's crazy because I tell you what, I was I was in New York City yesterday on i was there on thursday i was there for new york city fc media day and it was like 60 and and like nice it was like beautiful weather 60 degrees and then the next morning it was snowing this morning it snowed here in new jersey it's just been that the, the, the weather is that crazy it's, it's, i tell you it, it you know hey global warming it's a real thing but um yeah, so it's but it's if you're in Minnesota, if you're in Montreal, actually, New, the New England Revolution have already postponed their match uh, this weekend against Orlando City. So hopefully, hopefully, no Orlando City fans uh, tried to make that trip up to New England for that one because that game has been postponed. Uh, I think it's been rescheduled till September. Uh, unfortunate one, of course. Obviously, for if you're in New England, uh, you start the season off with a loss. Now you have to wait. Uh, and if you're Orlando, you want to you want to keep the momentum going. So, uh, although that's one fewer match without Kaká, so from that standpoint, there's a silver lining there. So much to talk about, so much to get into. And yes, if you heard the if you heard the intro, you know that was uh, Notorious B.I.G., my, my favorite rapper of all time. I'd argue he's the greatest rapper of all time, but you know what can you do? Although I would say it's kind of crazy to think about, and this made me feel old because it, it dawned on me today. Uh, Christian Pulisic was not even alive when, when Notorious B.I.G. passed away. And it's just, you know, time flies. Where did the time go? 20 years have come and gone, uh, and we still have B.I.G.'s music. And as anyone who's listened to the SBI show over the years, as you know, I love, I love uh, B.I.G. beats. And we've, we've had more Notorious B.I.G. beats be our intro for the show than any other, any other artist. It's not even close. Um, maybe Mob Deep's kind of close, but other than that, uh, if you're not familiar with with Notorious B.I.G., if you're if you're a millennial, if you're a youngin, I recommend listening to some B.I.G. Go, go get ready ready to die. Ready to die is the original album. That's one of the best album, maybe the best album of all time, hip hop album. So, uh, enough about music. There's soccer to talk about. Plenty of soccer. What a week! Crazy, crazy week. Uh, you know, from whether it's American American soccer related, international soccer related, so many things to touch on. Uh, and talk about, and I'm going to kick things off talking about the UEFA Champions League. We don't often start with the UEFA Champions League, but uh, I feel compelled to do that this time because we have to talk about, number one, FC Barcelona's comeback. And I tell you what, folks, that was an amazing, amazing comeback. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it because obviously you're here to hear about MLS, U.S. national team, Americans abroad, all that good stuff. But I got to tell you, that is that for me was the most amazing comeback that I can remember in a soccer in a soccer game. I mean, there's been some some other sporting events. I mean, may, maybe in all the sports, man. I, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, I remember I remember the Buffalo Bills insane comeback against the Houston Oilers a hundred years ago. Uh, I remember the L.A. Lakers uh, coming back against the Portland Trailblazers 
Uh, that one was close to my heart because I was I was a big Laker fan. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, my favorite athlete of all time, and 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 that comeback was amazing for me. It was you know, Robert Ory. Forget about it. But this was close. This was uh, the, the, this comeback from Barcelona. And it's funny hearing hearing the haters talk about the the referee decisions. It's usually Real Madrid fans. Can we be honest here? Unless it's pretty much either a Real Madrid fan or a PSG fan if they're complaining about the referees in this one. Because I tell you what, the penalty calls were legit penalty calls. PSG just stopped playing. I mean, if you look at the stats, they just stopped playing in the second half toward the end when they thought the game was wrapped up. They froze. They froze. And credit to Barcelona and credit to Neymar. I mean, he played out of his mind. And anyone who still had questions about, is he one of the best players in the world? I think those those questions were answered for those who still were holding out. And I, I mean, I think he I think he had already proven it, but I think there were still some people who maybe doubted it. Now, you know, you saw he took the game over at the end and willed them to victory and and credit to them credit to uh, you know Luis Enrique who's on his way out there but uh great win for them and it's going to be fun to see what happens next see if they can carry that on uh maybe we'll see Barcelona versus Borussia Dortmund and Christian Pulisic the other thing I want to talk about related to Champions League Christian Pulisic with arguably the best performance in the history of the Champions League by an American I uh, seen him recall the Marcus Beasley having himself a mon- uh, some monster performances back in the day for PSV Eindhoven, but Christian Pulisic a goal and an assist. He got the start in the decisive second leg against Benfica and made the most of it. And credit to Thomas Tuchel who gave him the nod. And I know, look, Marco Royce gets injured against Bayer Leverkusen over the weekend, and uh, you know his, his options were limited for t- for Tuchel, but he gave the he gave it the opportunity to Pulisic, and Pulisic took full advantage of it and looked outstanding. And I gotta say, it's interesting if you look, if you watch the game, Borussia Dortmund comes out in a three five two with Pulisic playing centrally in the in the in the uh, in the midfield three behind Aubameyang, and and uh, if, if well behind uh, yeah behind Aubameyang in that what. You know, looked a lot like the same system that that Jurgen Klinsmann tried to play against Mexico. Obviously, not even close in terms of execution. Uh, but there's so many things that go into that. I mean, number one, let's face it, Dortmund is a stacked team. There aren't many American players that are going to break into that lineup. Let's just be real here. Uh, so when you have, you know, Christian Pulisic has more talent around him. Uh, he can, you know, that, that, that helps him obviously. And number two, Dortmund's players knew what they were doing. They knew what their assignments were. They know that system. They know they, you know, it's the U S against Mexico. They look lost. They look lost. And, and that, you know, that's why it's, it's kind of hard to compare them. But the, the reason I even bring up the national team is that if you're Bruce arena and you, and you watch Pulisic playing in that kind of central role and you ask yourself, you know, he looks pretty comfortable there. Uh, for anyone who's followed Pulisic or knows about his story, he he started out in his younger days, U seventeen days, playing as a, as a attacking midfielder in uh, playing in a central role. Obviously, Dortmund has played him mostly on the wing, taking advantage of his speed, his ability to take people on, uh, using him on the right wing, on the left wing. They've, they they uh, you know if you watch Dortmund, you'll see him occasionally be deployed centrally, uh, and it, it's something interesting. It's something for Bruce Arena to consider. Obviously, it's a little tricky because. Uh, if you think about what you want to do, if you're the U.S., um, do you want to go four four two? If you go to if you go with a four four two, are you going to go four four two diamond with Pulisic at the top of the diamond and Michael Bradley at the bottom of the diamond? That's something to think about. Um, but again, it depends on the opponent. Uh, I mean, for me personally, I, I, I've I've envisioned a four three three at times uh, for the U.S. going forward with the personnel that they have. 
uh, it's interesting. It's interesting. It just shows it gives you options. Christian Pulisic gives you options. He's going to start for the U.S., but where do you play him? Right now, you can play him in any number of roles. If you play 4-4-2, you can play him wide left, wide left, wide right. Wide right, you can play him as a playmaker. In a 4-3-3, you can play play him on either wing, or you can play him at the tip of, of, a, of a triangle uh, in the midfield, uh, which would be a very attack-minded uh, lineup, to say the least. But it's great to have options. And he's 18 years old, people. He's 18 years old, and he was outstanding. And look, I know Aubameyang gets man of the match because he scores the hat trick. But when the game was still in question, Pulisic was 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 for my money the the he was the the Dortmund's best player. He was Dor- Dortmund's best player in that match, uh, and it was impressive to see an eighteen year old American do that. And uh, that that just that's just great. It just bodes well for 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 the U.S. going forward. Uh, moving on now, we have to obviously get into MLS. MLS Week Two is here. And before we get into the previewing the games, we uh, you know we, there's obviously some news items to touch on. Uh, you have Zlatan Ibrahimovic rumors once again making the rounds. Uh, it, it, this has been going on. This, this was obviously last year. We had the same thing. Um, Zlatan to the Galaxy. It, it's been a, it's been a long rumored thing. They did speak to him last year. Uh, MLS. Well, he was in talks with MLS, and obviously he chose the Man United route. And now the Galaxy reportedly have come back again with a bigger offer, a big offer. This what it's come. This is what it comes down to, people. If you haven't figured this out by now. He's at Man United. Manchester United is doing great there. If they go, if they qualify for the Champions League next year, he's going to be at Manchester United. I, I mean, I don't know how anyone could really imagine him leaving Manchester United when they're heading to the Champions League and he misses out on that opportunity to play in the Champions League with a Man United team that, let's face it, could be even better next year or have another summer window to go revamp that squad. If they can go, if they get like Antoine Griezmann, I mean that's that's huge. If they, I mean that's a huge pickup, and we know Manchester United has the money. We know they're going to add more big pieces to that team. If you're Zlatan Ibrahimovic and you want that Champions League title, you're going to stick around another year. Now, if Manchester United crashes out in Europa League, they finish out of the top four, and they're not in the Champions League next year. Yes, I think at that point, if you're Zlatan, you're like, you know what? I can't keep chasing this this Champions League dream. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna come uh, to, um, come to the U.S. and I and I believe he will play in the U.S. before when it's all said and done he will play in the U.S. Right? And the question is when does he come? And I think if Manchester United ha- uh, if they stumble here at the end of the year and they f- they don't finish top four they don't win Europa they don't they're not in Champions League next year he will be here. I I, I would put money on it. I would I would I would put money on it. So I, I think that you definitely keep an eye out for that. Uh, the Galaxy could definitely use him, no doubt about that, uh, on, on a, for for multiple number of reasons. And I'd say this: it, it's interesting that that LA, that the Galaxy have have kind of come out, or that the, the the word has come out that they've made that big offer. And it makes you wonder: have the Galaxy given up now on Chicharito? Uh, I know they were interested. Uh, I know that 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 was something that was a possibility. And and now, if the Galaxy have moved on from that possibility, maybe LAFC has won the battle. Maybe LA, LAFC. Someone has to get Chicharito, right? He has to be an MLS sooner than later. Uh, it's just a ma- it's the, the match made in heaven. It needs to happen, and the LA market is perfect for him. For him, uh, and with the new team, the new stadium, uh, downtown LA. I mean, Chicharito is it, it, he's perfect. He speaks English. He's he, he he's got the marketability. He's obviously a good player, great player. Uh, but looks like maybe the Galaxy are out of the running for that one, and, and they've they've moved on to. 
to superstars that can help move the needle, which is what they need. Enough of this uh, talk about not spending and, and 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 trying to be a little more frugal. They they need to keep up. They need the gap. LAFC is not playing around. LAFC is going to come in. They're spending real money. They're going to have star players. We're the Galaxy. This is not the time to get frugal. And I and I personally I don't I don't buy that they're they're going to stay frugal. I think they're going to go spend the money. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, it hasn't been the best week for the LA Galaxy. They uh, they had two of their starters, uh, two of their players suspended uh, retroactively or suspended uh, after their actions in the opening week uh, lost to FC Dallas. Jermaine Jones suspended for his slide tackle from behind on Christian Coleman, which let's face it, folks, that could have very easily been a red card. Probably should have been a red card. And I think it's a I think it's a perfectly justifiable suspension because you need to send a message of your MLS, send a message to the players in the league. Stop with the slide tackles from behind because that's people get seriously injured and you can't have that. And Jermaine Jones, you know what? Uh, he, he Sometimes his reputation as a dirty player can be a bit exaggerated, but he doesn't help himself when he makes those kind of t- challenges. It's just not it's just not the best move on his part. Uh, and also David Romney suspended for diving because he went down easy on the penalty call that got the LA Galaxy the goal that they scored against FC Dallas and at the time it looked it looked like it looked soft it looked it looked soft so credit to MLS uh they want to kind of nip that in the bud uh for people who you know are thinking about diving and thinking about trying to earn penalties uh you know in a shady way so you know what I have no problem with either of these but the Galaxy obviously uh doesn't help them out Heading into week two in one of the marquee matchups, which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, but first, we're going to give the rundown of week two. That's actually the last game of the weekend, LA Galaxy, Portland Timbers. Uh, but let's start off with we're going to do our week two preview now, MLS week two preview. We have 10 matches, not 11 because New England Orlando was canceled. Start off with Chicago RSL, the fire at home and making their home debut. RSL missing they could be missing three center backs. They could be uh, Justin Glad's injured. He hurt him. He he got hurt in the U twenty uh, Concacaf Championship, so he's out. Aaron Mond is injured. Chris Schuler is injured again, unfortunately, and you hate to hear it because I said it last week. If you can stay healthy, I mean, who knows with him? Because he's so talented, but looks like he's hurt again, and it's just got to be so frustrating if you're him and if if you're RSL and if you're him because I mean, you know, you know, you can play. You know that when you're on the field and healthy and playing well, that you can be one of the best defenders in the league. But he can't stay healthy, and that's an unfortunate one. But if you're missing all three of those guys, if you're missing uh, Schuler. Mond and Justin Glad, that's not a that's that's very that's not a, a good sign at all, uh, especially going on the road to Chicago, uh, and I and I think uh, I think the Fire are going to roll in this one. I think they're gonna, they're going to get that home win, uh, and I'm going with the Fire in that one. Um, and for those you know predictions in MLS are always a bit of a futile effort. I'll be the first to admit it, but I'm going to start trying to do the predictions again like we used to do. Uh, please do not. Bet money based on my predictions. Do not lose your money because I can tell you right now, it's not a money-making operation to bet on MLS. And I always laugh when I think of Bruce Arena when he talks about that. When he talks about the, you know, he about the idea of anyone even trying to get like pick these games or gamble on MLS because MLS has got to be the most unpredictable league in American sports when it comes to trying to, you know, to, to figure out who's going to do what. But I'm going to try because why not? And I'm going to go fire in that one. Next up, Red Bull Arena, Red Bulls, Colorado Rapids. I will be in color in uh, at Red Bull Arena for this one. Uh, I'll be bundled up wearing about ten layers because it's supposed to be super, super cold. Uh, they open things up against the Colorado Rapids, 
both teams with wins with, with victories in week one. Uh, and uh, this is an interesting matchup for sure. Uh, Colorado is obviously a tougher team at home than they've been on the road. Uh, and when they came to the New York area last year, they got smoked at Yankee Stadium by NYCFC. Uh, maybe they'll feel at home playing in the super cold conditions of Red Bull Arena. Uh, if you're the Red Bulls, you're feeling pretty good at home. The Red Bulls are very, very, very good at home. So I'm going to go with the Rebels in this one. Tightly fought game. It's going to be ugly because no one's going to want to be there. It's going to be ice cold. But I'm going to go 1-0. Uh, Sasha Kleschen goal uh, in that one. Next up, another game that's going to be played in pretty cold conditions. Uh, in a game that, I, you know, I kind of wish I... It, it, it was a toss-up. I can either go to that game. I could go to the Red Bulls-Colorado game. And I went with the Red, uh, Red Bulls-Rapids uh, because, you know what, when the Rapids aren't... This is the one time they'll be around uh, in the in the area, so I gotta gotta take advantage. But Union TFC, <laughs> the familiar foes, uh, faced each other in the playoffs. Union gave them a little, they gave them a little bit of a go before TFC took that uh, took that game. Uh, TFC has had their share, obviously, of success against the Union. It's not going to be easy matchup by any means, and, uh, but there's some good individual matchups to watch here. Uh, one that I, I'm definitely looking forward to if he if if he starts is Oguchi Oguchi Onyewu against Josie Altador in now now these these guys are you know these guys go way back right they're they're boys uh, they were so we'll see we'll see how we'll see how that one goes I mean you're talking about two physical specimens uh, it's gonna be like a big UFC battle between those two uh, so I'm looking forward to that one but I tell you what if you're the Union you have to figure out a way to slow down Sebastian Javinko. And I know that's easier said than done. We also like uh, did a decent job of that. Obviously, having Nick Romano doesn't hurt <laughs> to to stop to stop him. But uh, that's gonna that's been the toughest thing for the Union when they've dealt with TFC, as is the case with a lot of teams. Is, is how do you contain Javinko? Uh, so from that standpoint, that's gonna be the tough one. I think TFC can get that win in Philly. Although I, everyone knows I like Philly, and I think they're a better team this year, but. I think TFC, they're, they're, they're a handful, and I think TFC is going to win that one. Uh, Montreal playing host to Seattle Sounders, another game that's going to have to be super cold. Uh, Seattle looking for that first win, going up against Montreal, looking for their first win. Two teams that that, that obviously had disappointing starts to the season. Uh, Montreal, you, you, you want to think they're, they're, you know, they're at home. They should do better. Ignacio Piatti, he was just locked down in the, in the, in the opening loss to San Jose. You have to think he's ready to come out firing. Uh, and, you know, Seattle, if you're Seattle, you have Clint Dempsey back. Uh, you have Jordan Morris, obviously, in their attack, and Nicholas Lodero. Uh, that's going to be a great matchup. I think that's going to be one. It's cool. Depending on the conditions, depending, you know, is, it, is there snow? Is it super cold? This is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. So I, I, I'm good. I, you know, you, you always run a risk when you pick too many road teams because road teams just don't do well in MLS. But I'm going to go with Seattle in this one. I think the Sounders go up to Montreal, pull it out. I don't see Seattle starting 0-2. I can see Montreal starting 0-2. I'm going to go with Sounders in this one. It, just, it could just as easily be a draw. And I might have even picked a draw when I did my predictions for goal.com. But I'm going to go Seattle in this one. Next up, Houston Dynamo, Columbus Crew. Two teams that... that did revamp their rosters in the offseason. Uh, the crew revamped their, their defense. The Dynamo revamped their offense. Actually, the Dynamo revamped everything. They completely transformed their roster under new coach Wilma Cabrera. I'm going to go... Uh, the, before I even make a prediction, there's, this is gonna be, there are going to be so many good matchups here. Jonathan Mensa against Kubo Torres. Uh, Romel Kyoto against Harrison Afool. I mean, those are some really juicy matchups for me, so I, I, I'm looking forward to those. I think this is going to be a good, fast-paced game. Uh, and this is a game where, you know, I mean, I didn't look at the forecast in Houston, but 
This game will not be in frigid, super cold conditions because it's Houston. Um, and I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Dynamo in this one. Uh, I, I think the Dynamo right now, the way they looked in that opening win against Seattle, they look very tough. And the crew, uh, I'm still, I'm still not sold on the crew right now. We need to see how those new pieces pan out. But uh, I'm gonna go Dynamo in that one. Uh, next up, this uh, you could argue this is the game of the week. Sporting Kansas City playing host to FC Dallas. And, uh, you know, FC Dallas coming off a big win going to L.A. They get the W to start the season. They've also qualified for the semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League. So they've picked up right right where they left off last year when they won the Open Cup and the Supporters' Shield. FC Dallas, you can argue, strongest team in the league, deepest team in the league. But they're going to a place they just don't do well in. And that's uh, uh, what is now known as Children's Mercy Park, uh, Sporting Kansas City's home stadium. FC Dallas has not won there since 2011, and they they've lost three straight, and have been outscored by a combined nine to one uh, at the place formerly known as Sporting Park. Uh, so you wonder, you know, is this is this where they're going to turn it around? And we should note FC Dallas did snap their their hex uh, uh, going to to play against the Galaxy on the road. They beat the Galaxy on the road for the first time in like eight or nine years. So from that standpoint. That you you think okay maybe they're ready to start new start a new. If you watch Sporting Kansas City against DC United, you probably weren't that impressed because they didn't have a great game. Um, I mean DC outplayed them. DC had more of the chances. Credit to Timelia, he was a monster in Week One. Uh, but obviously Sporting Kansas City, they're a different animal at home. You know they're going to attack more at home. And and Dom Dwyer has had some success against FC Dallas in the past. You, you got to love that matchup. Dwyer going up against Hedges and, and uh, Matt Hedges and Walker Zimmerman. Uh, and then another matchup to watch, Kellen Acosta versus Benny Failhaber. Uh, that's a, that, that's one you definitely don't want to miss. And speaking of Kellen Acosta, joining us on the SBI show, coming off an excellent first week in MLS action and CONCACAF Champions League action, we have FC Dallas midfielder, U.S. national team midfielder, Kellen Acosta. Kellen, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and uh, you, you're you know not as good as you. You're you're, you're killing it already. A great great start to the year. Uh, got a couple goals under your belt already. You had a, the winning goal against the LA Galaxy, uh, and your buddy Jermaine Jones. You, you slipped behind him there for the winning goal in front of Bruce Arena. Uh, not a bad not a bad way to start the year. How big? How important was it for you guys to to have the kind of start you've had, winning in the Champions League and and winning a big a big road game, getting three points in LA. Yeah, it was definitely huge. I mean, a lot of credit goes to my coaching staff. I mean, we had a great preseason. We started off going to Argentina. We were, we played seven games in ten days. I think just playing those games against the top-level Argentine teams um, was a big wake-up call for us. I think the guys we battled well, we did a tremendous job. And, I mean, just playing at that level of competition really helped us going into – Going into the the Concacaf games and as well as the the first game of the season, and I think this year, I mean, I've I felt I don't know, I feel the strongest I've ever felt, I'm the fittest I've ever felt. I mean, a lot of credit goes to my strength coach, Bobby Bazan. I mean, he's he's a crazy guy. I mean, he's <laughs> a guy that constantly hounds on you, but I mean, he he wants the most out of us and he wants the best for us. And I mean, a lot of credit goes for him that he's gotten us well prepared for the upcoming season. And the coaching staff have been doing a great job, and we've added a lot of pieces this off season. And I mean, they they definitely fit the puzzle, and hopefully, continue on the right foot and on the right path. And 
and win titles that we desperately need. So as far as the team goes, last year you guys won two trophies, two, two out of three, great season. But this year you might – I feel like you might have an even stronger team. Is this the strongest team that, that FC Dallas has had since you've been there? Yeah, I think so. I think this is definitely the strongest team. We picked up key additions that we needed. I mean, we had a right back Hernan Grana. We have a winger, Roland Lamar. We picked up Javi Morales from – Salt Lake. Uh, we have homegrowns that just got signed that are ready to make their mark. That I think that they're not just guys who we signed and signed. I think they're guys that can really come into the team and help and help us. Um, who else is going to sign? Anibal Chala. Christian uh, Coleman. Christian we, Coleman. We Christian Coleman. Christian Coleman. Excuse me. Yeah, Christian. Yeah, DDP. I mean, he's he's a guy who's ready to. To score some goals, and I know he's eager to make his mark as well. But yeah, I mean, a lot of credit goes to our coaching staff. I mean, every year they 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 find pieces to the puzzle that we need to to complete and make our team more complete. And I thought they did just that. And I'm really excited for this year. I mean, we we played our first game against LA. We got the result that we needed, and we have a big game against Kansas City um, this weekend. So I mean, hopefully we can, can continue on the right foot and keep winning winning these games. And we have Pachuca the following week and. I know we have a really deep roster and everyone's ready to 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 be a key addition and make their marks. And, I mean, hopefully we can continue winning and get those votes that we need. Uh, I, I seem to remember last year, uh, second half of the season, you seem to really really kind of settle into midfield and you started to look really comfortable there. Did you, do you Can you kind of recall a point in time last year where maybe it all started to kind of come together for you uh, as a midfielder where you started to really kind of feel your game? Um, not exactly. I think maybe towards uh, the summer. I think I think I was start really starting to get into the swing of things. I was feeling really comfortable and confident in that role. And I think, um, yeah, I just think just playing a lot of games and just being consistent in that spot. I think every game that I play, I think I'm really growing into that area. And the encouragement of my teammates and the coaching staff they they really been helping me um, take my game to the next level. And I, I mean, I've been watching a lot of video, kind of. Um, trying to see myself what I could improve on, and I mean, uh, our assistant coach Evan Bazan has been really working with me in the areas I needed to improve. Trying to get the ball higher up the field and between the lines, and being comfortable with the passes and even capitalizing in front of the goal. And I think each and every game that I play, that I'm becoming more comfortable and confident. And a lot of credit goes to Austria just giving me the opportunity to do so. And I think every game and every practice that I'm in that role, I think um, I'm improving each and every day. Obviously, you guys had a great year last year, winning the Open Cup and winning the Supporters Shield. Most teams, I think, almost every almost every other team in the league would take that season. But obviously, you had the disappointment in the playoffs, not winning MLS Cup. What was kind of what was your your mood going into the off season? Was it one where you were happy with the year, or or did the playoff loss did that kind of put a sour taste and kind of sour the year for you? Yeah, it was definitely a sour taste in my mouth. Um, yeah, I mean, winning those two trophies, I mean, it was very important for us. I mean, that, those are two out of our three goals. But I think the biggest thing is winning MLS Cup, and we fell a little short. I think collectively as a team, we were all disappointed about the result, especially that first leg in Seattle. We we knew that having that big deficit was going to be hard to overcome. And, yeah, we we were definitely disappointed. I mean, I mean, I know for myself, just kind of reflecting on the season, I thought, I mean, it, overall, I mean, it was a positive season on my part, and, as a team's part, but I mean, Oscar really says that we want to lift up trophies, and the biggest trophy of all is MLS Cup for sure. 
And, I mean, we kind of fell short. So I think collectively as a team, we were just really disappointed that we couldn't bring the MLS Cup to, here to Frisco and that we couldn't win it. So, I mean, hopefully this year, I mean, we can kind of turn things around and, and at the end of the year we can hold it up. Now, you're still young. You're 21 years old. But you've been you, – you were the young guy at such a young age that it's almost like you're a veteran now. I mean, you are a veteran now. I mean, you've been – what is this, your fifth year? How many – how many is this pro? Is it, oh, no, I'm sorry. Four, it was uh, third or fourth? Fourth year. Fourth, fourth year. year. Fourth so, year. So you've got three years in. Uh, do you – I mean, it has, has Oscar Pereira talked to you about kind of taking on a leadership role? Or are you still Are you still considered a young guy? Um, he hasn't exactly like said that like you need to take on a leadership role. It's kind of just automatically assumed. He he's the type of coach that kind of even if you're a young player, he assumes that you're 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 a man out there. He doesn't want to treat people like little boys and baby kids. And I've learned that since the academy days. He treated me like I was a man, and I had to go out there and play play like that. I mean, I'm playing against grown men, so I I never really took my age into account. I mean, I just went out there and did the job that Oscar asked me to do and and helped my team out in any way. I mean, despite being the young guy, I mean, I can't really think about that anymore. I mean, um, no one's really going to think about, oh, he's a young guy, give him a break. I mean, I mean, I'm out there to do my job and help my team win, and I mean that's exactly what I'm doing each and every day. Turning attention to the national team a little bit, the last couple of years, the last couple of U20 national team cycles, you were on the team, so it was almost weird for me that you weren't on the team this time around, right? Because it's just gotten used to being there. <laughs> do you feel now when you watch them, this current team? Did you did it make you feel old? I mean, you're 21, but did it make you feel old to see those U20s? Yeah, in a way. I mean, um, even though it was only a couple of years ago, it was like, like man, like felt so long ago um i mean it's, i mean i'm jumped from the 20s to to the senior team now so it's like wow but i mean nonetheless i mean congrats to to those guys i mean they they made history and i was really proud for them and it was a great sight to see to to see them hold up that trophy i mean they they started off the tournament kind of kind of tough i mean they had that first loss to panama but i think they they really turned it on and turn things around and I was really happy to see them hold up a trophy and then and qualify for the World Cup. Now you've someone you're someone who's played uh, for Ty Ramos. Uh now I read the first game in this tournament he was catching flack for them losing to Panama then obviously he turns it around they win the whole thing. Uh what what impresses you about him as a coach and what what did you kind of take away from your experiences of of playing under Tab? Yeah, I mean I love Tab a lot. I mean he's a, he's a great coach. He's he's a coach that I mean, he has a system, but he's a guy that lets us play. He he tells us, he always stresses that. I mean, we're, we're there for a reason. We're great players that we really need to go out there and showcase it. And I, I, I recall playing playing with him. And every time I would go to camp, I would always have fun. Like, getting called called out wasn't a burden. It was something that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I couldn't wait for the next camp. So he really made playing for the national team fun, and I really appreciate him for that. I mean, I, and I kind of just like the t- my teammates. I mean, we we bonded like brothers. I and mean, every time we would go there, I mean, we would communicate even outside of camp. That I mean, we were all so excited to get caught up and see each other again, and then playing for one another and playing under tab. Because I mean, we, I I would have the best time playing for the national team. And and obviously, I mean, we it was definitely very positive because we we won a lot of games with him. And I mean, obviously, I mean, it was kind of disappointing in the World Cup falling short as well, but. I mean, I really enjoyed my time under Tab. Now, you've graduated to the senior team, and you made your second straight January camp. 
what was this camp like? Obviously, as your first one under Bruce Arena, he's back in the fold now. That he's the head coach, and he brought you in, and he played you st- strictly as a midfielder, which I know had to be had to be a, an encouraging thing and a refreshing thing for you. What was that camp like for you? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was definitely different than uh, the previous one. I mean, I was just playing uh, two different positions, but I, I, I really like Bruce, and he's a great coach. I mean, great guy off the field. I mean, he's very encouraging. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was definitely excited to play in my normal role as a defensive midfielder, and I felt like I was pretty confident. I mean, at the start of camp, it was kind of tough getting the swing of things, obviously with the, taking the offseason into account. But I think after the first week, I kind of got my feet feet grounded, feet under me, and I got my touch back and everything. So, I mean, I mean, it was definitely great. I mean, I was definitely, definitely dis- disappointed um, with leaving the camp early and missing out on the two friendlies. But, I mean, overall, I mean, I thought I did it. A decent job there, and I mean, hopefully, I, I impress um, Bruce enough to get called in the qualifiers. But every year, I mean, that's my goal to to make the January camp um, when playing in MLS, and, um, and hopefully, I mean, I can make future January camps. Um, but overall, I thought I thought I did a decent job, and uh, I was really impressed with Bruce and all the players there. I mean, everyone seemed very comfortable and confident, and I I, I loved January camp, like kind of having a positive feeling and I know that we're going to do a great job in these March qualifiers. I have no doubt in my mind we won't qualify for the World Cup. Now, I know Bruce was at the game on Saturday. He was at your game, right? I mean, did you did you kind of know he was at the game? I mean, did that put a little pep in your step knowing that, you know, you have a chance to show impress in front of him and also play against the guy in Jermaine who's in the national team pool? I mean, did that add something to the game for you? Oh, I didn't know Bruce was going to be there. Actually, we, me, Walker, and Matt met with him after the game, but I had no idea he was going to be there. I mean, I assumed he was going to be watching because I'm, I'm sure he's going to watch all his players in this pool. But, I mean, I, I just thought – I didn't really think much of it. I just thought I just need to do the best job I can because I, I never know at the end of the day. I never know who's going to be watching. So, I mean, every day, every game is my chance to just showcase myself. And I went out there thinking I just need to play the best that I can and do whatever I need to do to help the team win. And I was, I was fortunate enough to, to help my team with uh, recording a goal. Uh, now, uh, one one of the players for the national team that that was uh, that was playing today, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see him. Was Christian Pulisic, and he actually had a had a great game for Dortmund. Uh, what 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 is it does it what does that mean for you when you see a young American, eighteen year old American, kind of killing it over there in big games like that? I mean, what, what is that? Does that kind of what is that? What do you think that does for for kind of younger American players like yourself? Right. I mean, it's definitely motivation. I mean. Uh, Christian, I'm real good friends with him. I actually spoke with him today. And, yeah, we, we just talk. I mean, I mean, that's my overall goal to play in Europe. And, I mean, I mean, part of me, I mean, I'm jealous of him. I mean, he, he, he's a guy who's earned everything that, that has came his way. And, I mean, today, I mean, he's an exceptional game. He bagged a goal, played well, started for one of the best teams in the world. So, I mean, I mean, for my standpoint, I mean, I'm a guy – Despite being young, he's 18 years old playing for a top team. I mean, I'm a guy that's trying to work hard and make my mark so I can um, be just like him playing over there. I mean, I admire him a lot in his play, and I mean, I wish him the best of success. Hopefully, I'll follow in his footsteps and be over there one day. Right, and getting back to FC Dallas, um, and I'll I'll put these in order when we get to the end of the show. I know we've we've hopped back and forth with it. Um, With FC Dallas, now, coming off a year – 
where you win two trophies. Uh, what what is the goal this year? Three trophies, or or do you not really think about counting? Is it the MLS Cup because you haven't won it yet? What what's the goal? Uh, for what's the goal for you guys coming in this year? I mean, the overall goal for us is to win everything we're a part of. So I mean, we're right now we have Champions League, so that's our overall main focus. And we have the league, then we have Open Cup and support show where i mean for us we're we're not looking too far down the road we're taking it game by game but i know our overall goal for our team is to win every single tournament and game we're a part of and we're trying to bring titles to our club and we're doing just that but i know from a focus standpoint we're taking it game by game and as far as you go i mean do you see yourself having more of an attacking role in the team this year because it sounds like you've gotten more comfortable with that part of your game yeah, for sure. I mean, um, it's not really given to me. I'm just kind of just assuming that that spot. I mean, we played last game in a 4-4-2. I mean, I'm not saying that that's going to happen every single game, but um, I've been just finding myself in good spots to get get the get the ball and receive the ball. And I mean, a lot of credit goes to my teammates who've been finding me and spots for me to potentially capitalize on my chances. I mean, I've been working real hard in the off season and preseason to to make the most of most of my shots and my shot, my shot selection as well. So, I mean, right now, I mean, I'm just very confident in that area and I'm just trying to find myself in good spots to give me a chance to, to score ultimately. So that's, I mean, that's my overall goal um, is to score at least 10 goals this year in MLS play. I mean, it's a high standard, but I think I, I can do it. I mean, right now, I mean, I started off on good foot with, with the one, uh, with the one goal against LA. And so each and every game, I mean, I'm trying to, find myself in good spots and capitalize my chances as well. Nice. You've set, you've set a pretty high bar there. I like that. Ten goals. Uh, yeah, I high think, bar. Uh, I mean, that's what you have to do. I, I like mean, it. You can't be content with the previous years. So, I mean, I'm, I'm aiming high. I mean, I think anything that me like 20 goals is pretty unrealistic. From right, right. Looking back at my previous years, I mean, I've scored. The most I've scored in the year, I think it's three. So. Right, 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 right. I mean, last year it was five. I mean, I only scored two last year. So, I mean, I'm setting it for ten. And, I mean, I started – the year off on the right foot so hopefully i can continue on that path that's pretty good i think when people hear that they're gonna they're gonna rush to their fantasy they probably already own you in fantasy mls i think you're one of the i think you're one of the most popular uh popular picks because I, I think they undervalued you i don't know i mean i don't know they, they didn't they didn't show you any love on the on the on the player salary on fantasy mls but uh i'm pretty sure you're a pretty popular pick there uh you guys play sporting kansas city this weekend another uh, another tough opponent another tough midfield uh, you played your, you played against Jermaine Jones last week. Uh, you're gonna be gonna see you're gonna cross paths with Benny Failhaber this week. Does when you go up against guys who are in that national team pool with you, is there any added motivation in these games, especially when you know Bruce is watching? You know he's got his depth chart that he's keeping in his office. I mean, does that do those kind of does that motivate you even more that you like? Here's my chance to kind of boost my stock. Not really. I mean, I just take it. That's another game. I mean, they're, obviously they're on the national team for a reason, so there's special players I need to worry about. Like last week, I mean, I was worrying about Jermaine Jones. I mean, I was trying to limit his touches around the ball and around the box because I know, I mean, if I give him too much space, it's going to be clinical. I mean, it's going to be similar things with Benny. I mean, he's a special player. I mean, if you give him too much space, he'll, he'll kill you. So, I mean, I'm just trying to be mindful of that. And, I mean, I, I don't really think about too much on – on Bruce's and I mean I'm just really focused on myself and my teammates and and I mean I'm just trying to do whatever I can to to win the game and um just play as well as possible and work hard and hopefully I mean my hard work impresses Bruce at the end of the day 
Now you, you didn't have the longest off season. Did you get Did you get a chance to do anything fun this off season? I mean, get away and you know go somewhere. Like what What'd you do this off season? Um, I honestly I only took about a week or two off, and then I was already back training. I went to Michigan twice. I, I have a trainer uh, that I work with, Aaron Bird, at uh, Next Level Training in Michigan. So I went up there for uh, one week, and then I went another week. Uh, um, training um, again with him, and then I, I trained here with uh, with uh, with Thomas Allen. Um, he does EPT training. I mean, I, I just been been on the grind this offseason. So I'm really nice. really trying to focus on this year, and I think this is gonna be a big year for me as well as all the other years. And I, I mean, I'm hope hopefully I mean um, I'm aiming the bar high, and I'm trying to really focus and and buckle down and prove to everyone. I mean that. That, that I could be one of the better players in the league, and I'm—I mean, I'm really trying to prove to myself and show my worth each and every day. So I know that um, having a good off-season is really crucial to having a, a good season and a good start of the season. So that—that that was my overall goal was so, to do well in off-season. So literally, no days off. So you literally did not take a vacation. It doesn't sound like you took a vacation. No, I—I I mean. I went to Houston to visit my mom for <laughs> for Thanksgiving, so that that was about it. That was Thanksgiving. You took <laughs> Thanksgiving. You. <laughs> you took Thanksgiving yeah, off. Thanksgiving. That's that it. Was, okay. Was, yeah. I like it. I like it. I was probably gone for like five days. Did you at least eat good at Thanksgiving? Did you spoil yourself a little bit? I did. Christmas okay. and Thanksgiving, I I, I spoiled right. myself. I, right. I ate well. I was going to say, people are going to start calling you a robot if if they hear that you don't, you know, you're working. I mean, it's great. It's great. I mean, you're 21. You're young. You can handle it. Uh, so I have to ask you, I know you're I know you're a guy who doesn't look too far ahead. But with every player, every player thinks about the World Cup. Every player thinks about that dream and that goal of playing in the World Cup. Uh, the next World Cup's around the corner. How much do you think about that? I mean, I've been dreaming of it as a kid. I mean... I've had dreams as a late just playing the World Cup. I think that would be the craziest experience of my life, and I'm really aiming for that. I mean, right now, I mean, we 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 need to qualify. I mean, we lost the first two games of qualifiers, so right now, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind we won't qualify. But I'm really just turning my focus on just being in the qualifiers and putting my name out there for Bruce, and then hopefully we can get the job done and do well, and then. And then playing in the World Cup would be a dream come true. I mean, I know as a soccer player, every player wants to play in the World Cup and represent their country. And for myself, I mean, that's the ultimate goal for me. And I, I know that can definitely be attainable, but I need to put the work in now so I can I can achieve that later. Now, you've taken the first step ahead of that as far as uh, uh, playing, uh, being with the team in quali- in qualifiers, right? I mean, you were there in September, right? Is that am I, am I, is my memory? Uh... Yeah, I went to the qualifiers in St. Vincent and Trinidad. Right. So, so what was that experience like for you? Did that give you kind of a a, a taste, a, a little bit of a taste? And what was that experience like? Yeah, definitely a little taste. I mean, um, yeah, it was definitely different, especially playing over there in St. Vincent. It was, uh, I think it was it was really cool playing with the national team and playing. A, uh, kind of played it friendly, so it was different playing a game that was meaningful. And I mean, I was really excited to be a part of that. I was grateful for the opportunity that Jurgen gave me, and I was really appreciative. And I mean, my teammates, I mean, they were definitely very encouraging, and I was glad I was a part of the team with that. And then, I mean, hopefully, I mean, playing these qualifiers, I was playing a different position 
um, back in September and hopefully, I mean, March and, and so on. I mean, I'll, I'll play in that D mid role that I, that I love to play. But, I mean, unless, I mean, I mean, I would be glad to play anywhere on the field, but I'm hopefully, I'm just trying to work hard and, like I said, impress Bruce and hope I, and I can impress him enough to get called up. Now, I know you'll play anywhere the coach puts you, but, I mean, let's be honest. I think you're, you're happy staying in midfield, right? I mean, that's where you want to – you've had your ups and yeah, downs. Sure, yeah. you've, had, you've, had, you've had your ups and downs at fullback. I mean, you've had some good matches. You've had some uh, not-so-good matches. I mean, I think there was the, the game against Columbia with the 23s that I'm sure maybe you've erased from your brain by now. But uh, you, you look so comfortable in midfield now that uh, it, it just seems so natural, natural for you. I mean, is that pretty much where you've – growing up, is that where you played? Yeah, growing up as a little kid, I've always played in the midfield, and I mean, hopefully, I can continue on that path. I mean, outside back is my favorite position, but it's the spot I can play. But I mean, I would definitely rather play in the midfield. I mean, that's a spot that I've known, and I feel like that's a spot that I've been growing each and every day. I mean, I'm playing that consistently with SC Dallas, and I mean, hopefully, I mean, I can continue on that path, playing that in that spot. Is there anyone you kind of modeled your game after, or any player that you? admire in the kind of role that you you kind of envision for yourself um i like the i mean as of now i like the french players but bless with tweety uh psg like marco verati and i like pogba so i mean i mean marco verati i mean he's i mean he's italian but i mean those are guys i definitely admire a lot and kind of move my game towards them and i mean hopefully i can follow and their similar footsteps you're going up against uh, sporting kansas city this weekend you're, you're on the road again uh, which is you know pretty tough to start two games on the road in some pretty tough venues what makes kansas city a tough place to play and and what makes them a, a tough team to play against yeah i mean it's definitely tough i mean uh, i think their their fans play a role i mean they're they're pretty rowdy and um, I mean, I I don't I don't know what it is about Kansas. I think we we go over there and we we struggle a little bit. Um, hopefully hopefully we can turn things around. When we turn things around in LA, I think last week was our first time winning in LA since 2008 or 2009. I think we're trying to trying to do the same thing in Kansas City. I mean, last year we, we we really struggled. So I mean we've we've been really focusing on watching film and focusing on their key players and kind of working on things on our our on our own end to to really take it to them and um get the result that we need so i mean hopefully we can we can do just that and continue on the right path well uh, i think we covered all the topics and i, de- I definitely appreciate the time and good luck the rest of the way and uh you know both with fc dallas and with the national team and hopefully we'll, you know we'll see you down the road soon maybe i'll see you in a couple weeks uh for the the world cup qualifying camp and uh, you know it's entirely possible you keep it up like you did in week one i think you'll be there all right, hopefully so, yeah. But thank you. Thanks for having me. And, yeah, thanks so much for, for the message as well. Right. All right, folks, that's Kellen Acosta, the guy you need to put on your fantasy roster ASAP, if you haven't already, before his price goes up. And speaking of fantasy MLS, I don't know if you guys realize or not, but apparently week one of the MLS fantasy MLS season is, is, is a mulligan. It doesn't count. It was it, it was a preparation week, uh, which isn't great for you if you're in a league where you won your opening match. But if you had a terrible opening week, then you're pretty happy. So make sure you set your lineups. If you're listening to this show right now, you still have time. Hopefully, you still have time to set your lineups to get ready for the new season. Uh, you know, I, I put a little time into fantasy uh, MLS. It's it's for you know bragging rights. Obviously, I've won two titles in a row, going for my third, going for the three peat. 
see if I can pull it off. Uh, I mean, I really only keep track of it so I can keep my man Jim Franco Panizo from talking trash because we know this guy thinks he knows about fantasy, but that's why he finishes second every year in our league. That's neither here nor there. But getting back to the MLS Week 2 rundown, uh, we, we still have a few games to get to. Before we wrap up, Kellen Acosta, a uh, great guest. And I'll tell you what, man, he he is poised for a big year. I mean, you already see it. And and, and if you watch him play, have watched him play this year and you ask yourself, well, why why is this kid, what has he done now to take it to another level? When you listen to him and you realize the work that he's put in, you understand, okay, this guy's been putting in the work. No breaks, no offseason, work, working out straight through. He's ready. And I'll tell you what, folks, he has that World Cup dream. I know all players have that World Cup dream, but when you listen to him, you can tell he's serious about it. I mean, he's a player. He's been to two U20 World Cups. And I think he, I have to tell you what, I wouldn't count him out to end up making that team that goes to Russia in 2018. Moving on now, we're going to wrap up the last few games of week two. And next up is San Jose Earthquakes against the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, this is a matchup that, you know, it, the casual fan might not necessarily find super intriguing because uh, you don't have the superstar names on either side. Uh, they're both on the West Coast. So if you're in the East Coast, you probably don't watch these teams that often. But I can tell you what. This is going to be an, an, a good matchup to watch, an interesting matchup, some really good individual clashes to look look out for. Chris Wondolowski against Kendall Waston is one. Uh, and the one that I'm going to be looking for is Nick Lima, uh, our guest on the last SBI show, going up against Kakuta Mane. And that I'm, I'm telling you right now, folks, you're going to want to watch that matchup because uh, two of the faster guys in the league, uh, two of the more talented young guys in the league. I mean, they're both. I believe they're both 21 or younger, uh, which, which yes, means they can be on our show because we we have all 21 and under uh, guests on the SBI show. I'm kidding. That's not a real thing. Uh, but that matchup is going to be fun to watch. Uh, San Jose did really well to shut down Montreal in their opening win. Uh, Vancouver was shut down by the Philadelphia Union in their opening draw at home, but now they travel to San Jose. Uh, it's an interesting match to, to, to watch to see if this Vancouver team is really an improved team and is a team that's going to be serious now about uh, doing better on the road. That's always been the knock on the Whitecaps is, is, is them uh, not playing well on the road, but obviously they've added a, a, a lot of new talent. Uh, a lot of a lot of new faces, so we'll see what has changed there. I I still think the earth. I'm still going to take the earthquakes in this one. I just think they showed me some things in in the opening week, and they're at home. Um, I'm going to go with the earthquakes in this one in a in a pretty tightly contested affair. We'll we'll say one zero, even though it you it might seem crazy to say the Whitecaps will get shut out for the first two matches, but I'm going to go with the earthquakes in this one. Uh, next up, another match that I will be attending. Uh, unless I just get two chicken to go, uh, is the NYCFC DC United match uh, at Yankee Stadium on Sunday, and uh, it's gonna it's gonna be freezing cold for this match, but uh, it's it should be a good one. Obviously, NYCFC at home, coming off their opening loss to Orlando, uh, they outplayed Orlando, and you can argue on most days they might have won that game, but they didn't win it, and now they come back home uh, with a a place that they really turned into a fortress last year. During the regular season, it didn't quite work out that way in the playoffs. Sorry to bring that up, NYCFC fans. Uh, but regular season, they really turned it into a, a, a place uh, a place where they can get results. In the, and David Villa is a force, is a handful, obviously MVP. Him against Steve Birnbaum is going to be a great, great match to match up to, to watch there. Uh, another potential matchup to see there is Jack Harrison against Taylor Kemp. 
Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. Obviously, Taylor Kemp's the guy who was called up by Bruce Arena in the most recent camp, and he's someone who's in kind of the mix for maybe potentially the Gold Cup. This is definitely a good test for him to to see where he is. And then you have Patrick Mullins coming back to Yankee Stadium to face the team that traded him away. Things have worked out for both sides on that trade, I think, right? I mean, if Patrick Mullins was still with NYCFC, he wouldn't be playing as much as he's playing now. Obviously, he's done really well since he's gone to D.C., uh, it, it's one of those trades that really worked out for both parties. So, but you know, if you're, you know, if you're Patrick Mullins, you still want to show NYCFC what they traded away. And another su- kind of a subplot to this match that I, I don't know if people, enough people are talking about is Sean Johnson against Bill Hamid. Now, if you remember, you got, you got to go back a couple years. You know, these were the two young uh, goalkeepers of the future. Uh, two two guys who were kind of rivals in in that in that age range, but the the rivalry is kind of gotten on the back burner because you know obviously Sean Johnson had had the year he had last year where he he didn't start regularly Bill Hamid's had the injuries so we've kind of they they both have fallen down the pecking order with the with the US goalkeeper death chart but they match up against each other here and this is going to be a good test I think it's going to be a good chance for each of them to show where they are right now where they stand right now so that that's something to bear watching as well i'm gonna go with NY, i'm gonna go nycfc in this one i just think that their attack even though they didn't score against orlando i think they're gonna have a huge year i think this is maxi morales's game to have a breakout game i think he's gonna have a monster showing in a win for nycfc at yankee stadium i'm just hoping for goals because if i have to sit in 10 degree weather and it's zero zero so there's gonna be problems i'm just gonna say that right now Last two games of the week two slate, Minnesota United, Atlanta United, all the Uniteds. It's going to be cold in Minnesota. I know, surprise, right? Uh, but Minnesota, they, they're looking to recover from that embarrassing loss to Portland. I mean, I, it must be said that the scoreline was, was, was a little flattering to Portland. Portland was the better team. No one's doubting that. But 5-1, you know, obviously it was 2-1 to towards the end. Minnesota was putting some pressure on. And then the wheels fell off, right? The wheels fell off completely. Uh, but before that, you know, I mean, they didn't look great. They didn't look good. But they, I mean, they, th- that score was was not really indicative of uh, of that game, I don't think. But Minnesota's going to have to play a lot better if they're going to beat Atlanta. Uh, as much as maybe Atlanta's players, a lot of them from uh, South America and a lot of them from warmer climates, might struggle playing in the cold weather in Minnesota. I don't know if that's going to be enough to stop them. I mean, unless it's so cold that Miguel Almiron literally freezes uh, I think they're still going to have some trouble. So that's the question. How much better will this Minnesota defense be? And MLS being MLS, this is the kind of game where, oh, yes, Minnesota remembers how to play. Defensively, uh, Adrian Heath remembers to start Miguel Ibarra and Christian Ramirez, and maybe those guys actually uh, do well. Uh, having said that, I'm still going to go Atlanta, even though my, 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 my head tells me pick Minnesota just because it's an MLS result. It's so MLS for that to happen. But I'm going to go Atlanta. Atlanta just looks look so good in the opening match. I'm picking them to win this one on the road. I'm sure I'm wrong, but I'm picking Atlanta in a hopefully a, a, a game with a lot of goals. Let's go two to one Atlanta. Uh, last but certainly not least, LA Galaxy, Portland Timbers, LA Galaxy, uh, really shorthanded now. You have suspended Jermaine Jones and David Romney, Ashley Cole, Robbie Rogers, and Jassy's artists are still injured. So right off the bat, you're missing a ton of players there. Uh, and uh, as I noted in my in my uh, talking points piece for Goal.com, which if you haven't read it. Make sure you check it out uh, where I run down the matchups to watch. I give my predictions, talk about the match you don't want to miss, all that good stuff. I do point out that, you know what, there's almost a silver lining in Jermaine Jones being out in the sense that maybe you'll actually see Sebastian Leggett playing in the central midfield role, which is, for me, 
the the role that he his best position. It's I think his best position is that is as a box to box midfielder or as a playmaker, but definitely in a central role. But you know what? Week one we didn't see that. Hopefully we see that in week two. Then you can bring Ima Boateng off the bench and put him on the wing. And Ima Boateng could do some serious damage against this uh, against this Portland team that could be missing three or four defensive starters. Now, whether or not that's, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors by the Timbers, but as of right now, uh, they have Vitas, the left back is out. And uh, which if you're Romain Alisson, Drini, you're pretty good, happy about that because that's going to make things a little easier for you. And then potentially Liam Ridgewell and Alvis Powell uh, are they're questionable right now. Um, so if the, if if all three of those guys miss, and I doubt all three will miss, but if if all three of those guys miss, and you can put Emo Boateng against uh, backup right back for for Portland, you got to like your chances there. But for me, the Timbers are still the. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Timbers here because their attack is so so good. And if there's a team you don't want to be playing against without your starting fullbacks, it's probably Portland. When you think about Darlington Nagby, Sebastian Blanco working on the wings, facing up against some backup fullbacks, and in the case of the left back, they're going to go with a third string left back, the Galaxy, because they're missing Romney and they're missing Cole. So now you're talking about a potentially a Nathan Smith who's never played an MLS game, a, a match before, a USL defender graduating up. Uh, now, look, he's a good college player, and he's someone who's got ability and potential, but to have your first game be going up against Sebastian Blanco... I mean, baptism by fire, to say the least. So I'm going to go Portland in this one. I think they win in what should be an entertaining game. Actually, I think I might have picked 2-2. I might have gone with a 2-2 prediction in goal. But I'm going to go Portland in a win in this one just because I think Portland, I think they're going to have a great year. Uh, I said it in in our season preview, and I think they keep it rolling with a win in L.A. And that's it for the MLS Week 2 slate. And we're going to wrap this up. I know the show's going on pretty long here. Uh, I'm trying to keep the shows to, to at least to, to an hour if we could possibly do that. Um, but for now, uh, I'm just going to wrap up. Obviously, Americans Abroad, uh, Christian Pulisic, everyone who 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 loved his performance uh, in the Champions League is going gonna, is gonna to want to see him play again and uh, see if he can keep it rolling. And guess who he goes up against this weekend? None other than his U.S. national team teammate, John Brooks, in what is actually a really big batch in the Bundesliga. Uh, when you talk about Borussia Dortmund and Hertha Berlin, two teams that are are, are fighting to to hold on to or to get into the into the UEFA Champions League qualifying spots in the Bundesliga, so that I mean I think that's going to be a huge match as well, uh, or I think that will be a huge match if you're if you're a US fan, you're going to want to see that, uh, and and then you also have uh, you also have Bobby Wood, uh, uh, you also have Bobby Wood in Hamburg going up against Fabian Johnson and Borussia Mönchengladbach. Now, obviously, they're not going to be matched up against each other, but it's going to be good to watch them. You'll be able to see both of them play. Now, that game is on Sunday, uh, and then Pulisic Brooks, Dortmund Berlin on Saturday. So that'll keep you busy uh, this weekend if you're looking for some some Americans abroad action uh, to watch as well. And then also on Saturday, you have in Mexico, you're going to want to see Club Tijuana uh, go up against Queretaro, uh, Paul Ariola. Uh, we'll try to keep his recent hot streak going. And actually, you can see quite a bit of Paul Ariola and Jonathan Bornstein uh, matching up on their side of the field. I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, obviously, Tijuana, uh, a team that had been in first place, and they're going to look to get back up the standings. Uh, and obviously, they had a big match uh, 
did I mention it earlier? Uh, I, I I don't. You know what? I, I don't even think I mentioned it before, and I knew I wanted to mention it before. Paul Ariola scoring the winning goal for Club Tijuana against Club America in the in the uh, Copa MX in the midweek. Uh, the same day that everyone, you know, Christian Pulisic took all the headlines on that Wednesday, but that same night, Paul Ariola continued his hot streak with a goal, and he's on fire. I tell you what, Paul Ariola. Is really, I mean, he's making. He's not only making a case to be on the team, the U.S. national team for March qualifiers. He looks good enough to start. And I know some people are like, "What? Nah, I'm not so sure." I, I tell you what, folks, he's playing really well, really well. And if it's and if if you're Bruce Rina, you want to have a dynamic attack. Uh, right now, you have Christian Pulisic, you have Fabian Johnson, you have Bobby Wood, you have uh, Paul Ariola. Um, obviously you probably, you're going to start Josie Altidore. So I think you could get, if you can get all those guys in your attack, you, I think you're going to go with those guys. And Bruce Arena did make the point that, you know, players that are playing in, in leagues abroad outside of MLS are ahead of the players in MLS right now in terms of the fitness levels. Paul Ariola has probably eight or nine, 10 games under his belt already, uh, this year, whereas MLS players have one game under the belt as of right now. So from that standpoint, Paul Ariola. I'm liking his chances not only to make the team, but he could potentially challenge for a starting spot in the upcoming qualifiers. So you're definitely going to want to keep an eye out for that. And uh, and I think that's it. I think we I think we've touched on all, all the topics for for heading into the weekend. I, I have to hurry up and edit the show and get it out. And hopefully you folks can listen to it uh, on your drive home on Friday on your Friday commute as you start thinking about how you're going to deal with this miserably cold weather. Uh, just to run down a few just news items as we as we wrap up. Uh, mixed Diskerud is heading to Gothenburg of, of, in Sweden. And anyone who listens to the show, you already know I told you what was going to happen. I told you he's probably going to go get loaned, go to Scandinavia, potentially to Sweden. And guess what? That's exactly what happened. It makes perfect sense for the money that he wants. You're just not going to get in a, you know, at this point in time, MLS teams just aren't looking to spend that money right now. And he his just his stock's just not where it needs to be. For people to spend that to spend the money that it would take to bring them so from that standpoint uh it, it makes sense it makes sense and hopefully you know what hopefully this group can get his act get, get his career uh back on track i i like him as a player i think he in the right system he can play well uh i wouldn't toss him out just yet as as someone i think he's someone who can help so uh we'll see there uh what another thing we didn't touch on we didn't touch on the u.s women's national team and their disastrous performance in the she believes cup they finished dead but dead last in the she believes cup and I believe that they have some problems there. And I believe that Jill Ellis might want to scrap that three-player three defense, that three-man backline or three-woman backline. Uh, and I can already hear just uh, from the U.S. women's fan, national team's fans, uh, having some serious questions about that. So we'll see if, what happens with, that, with, with the U.S. women. Uh, just looking at what else we have. A new, another note for you, DeAndre Yellen. I think we mentioned it last show, but in case we didn't, DeAndre Yellen uh, set to miss one to two weeks with an injury, uh, with a uh, thigh injury. And uh, the timetable kind of works out for him to be back in time to be with the U.S. national team for Mar the qualifiers in March, but it's cutting it a little close. And, and you wonder, you know what, if he can't go, um, maybe then maybe look at a Paul Areola's right back. Probably not. I look at Paul Areola more as a midfielder. But Graham Zussi played right back in week one for Sporting Kansas City. So maybe this is really going to be a thing now where he's just going to be a right back. And that, and that actually helps because he's going to get more reps at right back heading into the qualifiers, and then maybe he feels more comfortable if you choose to start him because you have other options uh, that you can play in uh, as well, um, whether it's Eric Lehigh 
who's someone who can play there or even Jeff Cameron who who is back now and I think he is is you know he should play I think Jeff Cameron should play in the March qualifiers uh, and that's it I think we've covered everything we've covered uh well last week Jurgen Klinsmann a candidate for the Bayer Leverkusen job I mean, that was a report earlier in the week haven't heard anything new on that uh, I don't know how much I take that by that or not because as we know Jurgen Klinsmann always seems to be linked to every job in the book uh, so we'll see if Jurgen Klinsmann lands on his feet uh, but that's all for now. Uh, you know, stay warm. For those of you who are going to go to matches or just l- have to deal with the cold weather this weekend, please stay warm and s- please stay safe and, uh, you know, catch up on your SBI shows if you haven't been listening. Uh, this is our fifth show back now since the return. Uh, we're at, Is it our fifth or our fourth? Actually, it's, I think it's our fourth show. Um, but, yeah, you know, trying to get the ball rolling. We had our, 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 our Kellen Acosta on the show uh, on this episode and we'll be back next week we're definitely going to have some more uh, guests in the upcoming episode so definitely stay tuned next show should drop on Tuesday keep an eye out for that and I think that's it so that's all for now and one last thing make sure you listen to some Notorious B.I.G. because you know what he's a legend and he's the gr- for me he's the greatest rapper of all time you don't have to agree you can be wrong I'm kidding that's all for now though I'm Ivan Scalarsa this is the SBI Show